0: Hi, I'm Julian Dobbs, the Diocesan Bishop of the Anglican Diocese of the Living Word. Welcome to this episode of Living Through the Word, where we want to share with you what God is doing in the world of Anglican Christianity and across the body of Christ. I'm joined again by my friend, an advisor, and the very cool pastor from Southern California, Danny Hyde. Danny, great to have you back with us. Hey, it's... uh... It's going to be a whirlwind here, but uh, we're going to, you know, it we're to going it? talk about creeds today. But last time when we met together, we talked <laughs> about baptism. And I got one question to ask you about that, that we didn't really talk about. We touched on a little bit last week, but people often get hung up over the amount of water. So does that matter? What do you think about that? Is it sprinkling, pouring, immersion? Um, what about in an intensive care room of someone who can only have a little droplet of water because of machines? I mean, where do we go with that?
1: Well, I think uh, if Paul can talk about crossing the Red Sea on dry ground as a baptism, I think we're pretty safe, right?
0: <laughs> you think so? <laughs> so, so in many respects, it's it's not the amount of water no. that's the issue here, right? Yeah.
1: No, no. I mean that, like, even one of our, you know, even our uh, like historic Dutch reforms form for baptism talks about, you know, baptism whether by uh, sprinkling uh, or pouring, yeah, pouring, yeah, you know, is, uh, you know, is legit. Right. So like the, the, the mode of baptism isn't the issue. It's that there's, you know, water in some, um, some amount and, and there's uh, the words of Jesus, right. Cause it's the word that makes the, makes a sacrament, you know, what it is.
0: So there you go, Danny. That's there. You have it. There we have it. Okay. We're going to move to creeds. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about creeds because, in our services, uh, certainly in services like yours, um, in the Dutch Reform tradition, in ours, in um, reformed Anglicanism creeds are super important to us. Some people sort of want to hold up, I think, a crucifix sometime to creeds uh, if they're not in those traditions. They, get, <laughs> well, they do. They get really nervous about us rehearsing our faith over and over and over again. And they say, is that all of those guys believe? But but let's let's think briefly about Article 8 of the 39 articles. So three creeds, Nicene, Athanasius, and that which is commonly called Apostles' Creed, ought thoroughly to be received in belief for they may be proved by most certain warrants of holy scripture it's, it's pretty cool right yeah yeah that's,
1: that's a cool. great statement yeah. yeah great statement um and it's so, interesting isn't it how the how that article says that, uh, that, they, that they can be proved by scripture, right? That's that, that's the key thing.
0: So we're going back there and that's really what they are. And you'll help us look at that yep. because the issue of creeds can be confusing in the American landscape filled with hundreds of different of denominations and flavors of Christianity. Some claim that there are many as 13 creeds. I think others actually only say we should only use those creedal statements like Deuteronomy and the Shema hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Um, uh, yet in Anglican churches, we have, uh, three in our book of common prayer. Um, and then our diocese, Danny, all of those three, particularly Athanasius on Trinity Sunday is used. Um, uh, so, um, uh, I've asked you back just to come and help us explain where we got these creeds, particularly yeah. tree, but there are others who wrote them. Why use them? Hey, que- uh, question yeah. for you before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So interestingly uh, Athanasian creed on Trinity mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. But, but only half of it is on the Trinity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that, but look, but, but the rest the parts of it that are on the Trinity are very cool. Oh and, yeah. They're awesome. And, yeah. It's awesome. And, you know, as, 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 as I became more than uh, more familiar with the Athanasian creed, I thought, this is really great. This yeah, is great, it's good. But but it, it's been buried in parts of the church for so long. So, um, why do we use these? Who wrote them? What have they accomplished? Talk to us about them.
1: Sure. Um, you know, we we talk about uh, like uh, well, at least I do um, creeds, uh, confessions, catechisms, and then even in our denomination we have canons, uh, canons of Dort which is a confession um canons for you guys would be like a like a church government thing right
0: yeah but we do have a jerusalem declaration in evangelical anglicanism right which is oh there you a go Greek, but yeah. it does it's a statement of belief
1: so yeah a creed you know a creed is just uh you know a, a credo uh from from which our english creed just means i believe so it's a profession of faith uh you know so it, it, yeah same thing people are you know they they see that we do that we hear that we do you know we recite creeds in our church and they're kind of like wow it's weird you know that's very catholic of you and um (laughs) you know it's just kind of like put people's fears aside you know a creed is just a profession of faith it's you know what do you believe we believe you know and we and we we choose to use these creeds because christians have used them basically in all times and all places right so
0: yeah, but creed Danny, is, uh, the, is a, the I just I just don't want to forget this. Sorry for interrupting you. I've thought about doing that with you, but you're getting to know me well enough to know I do that terribly. But Danny, you know, people object to that because they say it's not the Bible, even though it's yeah. found in the Bible, an article says that, it's not that you're not rehearsing the Bible, an actual Bible verse. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I guess I would always say, um, you know, the the Bible is a really, really big book and it says a whole lot. And so one of the benefits kind of, I guess jumping ahead into our discussion, but one of the benefits of creeds is that they're really short and they're succinct and they give us the very, like the very hearts, the kernel of the gospel, you know, what, what it is to say that we believe in God, father, son, Holy spirit. And so, yeah, they're not scripture. We freely acknowledge that, but we could all say at the same time, they, they, they're scriptural, They're Um, They're summaries of scripture. They're they're the church's um, reflections on scripture. I've heard it said by a a, a Dutch theologian that, you know, uh, scripture is God's uh, revelation down to us. And the creeds, confessions, and so forth of the church are the church's profession back to God. Um, So God reveals himself to us in his word. And then we have to, in human language, articulate that. Um, and, you know, not that the creeds are prayers, but they're a way for us to profess to God, but also to one another and to the world, you know, what we believe. So,
0: yeah. Don't let me forget this, Danny. That's really helpful. But some within the Anglican movement, some who wouldn't align themselves with Reformed Evangelical Anglican doctrine, use the creeds as their answer to walking two paths of doctrine. And they say, um, because it's not in the creed. It's okay for us, for example, to ordain yeah. homosexuals. I mean, the yep. Archbishop of Canterbury walks down that path. Let's be credible yep. people, and he uses that as an argument.
1: Well, I mean, I, I guess I've responded to that by saying, you know, the Apostles' Creed, Nicene, Athanasian creeds, um, they come out of a context. They're not meant to say everything the Bible says. That's not what we say creeds are for. The, the creeds are... Those three ancient creeds are the profession of Christians. What does it mean to be saved? What do you you need to believe to be a believer? These things. Um, Do they say all there is to say? No. Does the church have more things to say than just in the creeds? Absolutely. The Bible is a huge book. And so, you know, but are those things saving or damning in that sense? No. No but the church also has to reflect upon the rest of the Bible and explain the rest of the words and have a, you know, teaching on, you know, yeah, ordination or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, your view of eschatology, you know, that's not per se in the creeds. I mean, Jesus is going to return, but how you understand that, the when of that and so forth. Yeah. Those things are up for Christian, you know, charity and so forth to discuss, but yeah, they're, they're not, the creed is not meant to say everything. Um, And so, you know, we have later on confessions of faith that say a little more. And again, those are in the context of the reformation. So a lot of sort of polemical Roman Catholic things are are going on there. Um, And there's probably going to be, you know, and there should be the uh, even further, you know, confessions, you know, you mentioned the Jerusalem declaration or there's, There's more, you know, recent ones in, you know, sort of, you know, in our neck of the woods as well. Like we have further confessions as well. Sometimes they say things, you know, that are helpful. Other times, you know, they may not be as helpful, but yeah, the the church can still profess its faith and still write confessions. It doesn't mean that we can only use those three, you know, or that we're bound just to those.
0: So, Danny... Um, let's let's talk about some of them. Uh, h- how did we get to them, for example? Um, who developed them? Fourth, uh, fourth century, we've got some problems. There are some theological heresies going on. Talk to us about the development of some of these creeds. Um, and and sure. the apostles, you know, because people think the Apostles' Creed was written by the apostles, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some of that.
1: Yeah, well, so, I mean, that's that's like the medieval legend that there's twelve articles. One apostle wrote each one, one article, and they came together and voila, they have the Apostles' Creed, but we know that uh, the Apostles' Creed as we you know, as we call it the, the Apostles' Creed, um, because it's based on apostolic you know doctrine. It's used very early on in the early church at baptisms where the the minister would ask, "Do you believe in God the Father Almighty?" And the person would answer, you know in Latin credo. You know, do you believe in his only son? Credo. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Credo. So I believe. So it was meant as a baptismal confession of faith. And then later on, of course, it becomes more of a general confession.
0: And to interrupt, um, Danny, being the good yep. Anglican, you know, we have that still in many of yep. the liturgies in the Anglican church, right? For baptism, there's that cradle, a uh, uh, creedal reciting in the yep. baptismal liturgy. Yeah. Sorry. Right. See, oh, yeah. And you're so generous to me.
1: <laughs> the Nicene Creed you know, it's a whole history of that one, but just the general gist of it is that there was a guy named Arius, very popular preacher taught that Jesus, the, the son of God uh, was not. Eternal as the father, therefore not as, not as divine as the father, but he was sort of a, he was the first thing God made. He's a lesser, you know, with divine power kind of creature. So the church gathered. Um, in Nicaea, this city in modern day Turkey, Western Turkey uh, to address this. And so um, obviously there were some who, who followed Arius and there were others who uh, followed, uh, you know, say Athanasius, you know, who said said that the son is uh, the same substance of the same substance uh, uh, as the father is. Uh, And there actually were others you know, there's always, there's always sort of the, the middleman, right. The, the person who wants to be the compromiser and bring everybody together said, you know, the sons of a similar substance as the father kind of leaving the door open for both. Uh, and that was rejected. And uh, the church affirmed, you know, wrote what we call the Nicene Creed. Um, and it was later on at the next church council in 381 uh, in Constantinople today, Istanbul, Turkey, um, the, the creed was, uh, you know, revised, adapted, again showing us that the church can continually profess its faith in new and fresh ways, uh, facing new issues. Because the issue there in 381 was um, the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Was the Holy Spirit uh, on the same level, you know, divine, divinely speaking, as the Father and the Son? And the and the the the, the, con, the, the Council Council almost said yes. Um, uh we believe in the holy spirit lord and giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son right or in those days from the father yeah. um uh but he's lord and giver of life um who's worshiped uh, together with the father and son is worshiped together and glorified so um yeah so like that's kind of where those come in the athanasian creed is kind of like the apostles like it's not really written by athanasius um but it's sort of you know in honor of him uh, it's given we give him that name or it's given that name um you know some people think it's drawn from some of his writings others others just think it's sort of like drawn from the spirit of Athanasius you know in terms of like his teaching against Arius and so forth so it's much later um as far as my research it's much later it's not uh you know Athanasius I think dies like in the late 3 300s and I think the Athanasian creed is like 5 to 600 so um do you but it's in, in that reformed church Yeah we do we do yeah. <clears throat> um it's, yeah, it's 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 probably the creed that we don't. Uh, it's probably it's probably. I, I mean, I, well, I would. It's probably the same for you guys. I mean, it's like you guys use it like once a year. Well, it's we probably use long,
0: it, right? It's like we we use it like once a decade,
1: probably. You know, <laughs> in our tradition, it's like no one ever no one ever uses that thing. I mean, we we do uh, in our congregation. Um, yeah, I think I I like the and practice of doing it on, Tr- on Trinity Sunday. Yeah. You know, just a great, you rehearse the whole thing as it is. Um. So what we do is we typically, uh, we'll do it. Like, I mean, we have done it the whole, the whole, in one shot, you know, the whole thing, um, which is awesome, but you know, it's long and it's, you know, um, so sometimes we'll do like on Trinity Sunday, the Trinity part, the next Sunday, the Christ part, you know, the the Christology part, the hypostatic union stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, we use it from time to time, um, try to at least do it once a year. If, if not more, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know how it is as a pastor. And it's like one of those things where you when you say let's let's turn in our uh, book to the Athanasian Creed, and people are just like, oh no, not that one. You well, know? Here we
0: go. I wanted to get home today, right? <laughs>
1: here we go again. You know, <laughs> the Father isn't the Son, isn't the Holy Spirit. The Son isn't the Father or the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay, we get it. We get it.
0: You know, I've also been in a church where there's been when it's been like recited like uh, alternate verse type thing in a psalm. Oh, okay. That worked, that worked really well. Yeah, just there you to, go. Just to help the 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 yeah. um, Congregation, so you, you think, from what I'm hearing, um, that creeds have some benefit in a church, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and what is that? What 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 benefit are they? I would tell
1: people, as I do, the that first of all, you know, let's say Julian Dobbs, you know, th- this this young hipster from the beach just decides to show up at my church. You know, the guy uh, from the beach, man, you know, (laughs) comes in with a surfboard, you know, he's got his, he's got his long wavy hair, wet, dripping with water. And it's like, Hey dude, you know, I heard about this church, you know, you know, but I heard you guys got creeds, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not up with creeds. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Julian, let me, let me sit, let me sit down and tell you, uh, you know, here's why I have creeds, uh, confessions. First of all, you know, exactly what the pastor, uh, is bound to believe. Mm. Like I'm not just, I'm not just some guy who showed up and like every week I go with a new fad. So I have to affirm these things as a pastor, you know, I mean, in our tradition, we actually sign our names, you know, on a, on a document called the form of subscription. We, we actually sign this form uh, with, with our names that we're going to teach these things. And so, Hey, it gives you, it gives you confidence and assurance to know that the pastor himself has a system of belief and, and also along with that um, boundary markers, like theological boundary markers that I'm not allowed to transgress, yeah. you know? So, you know, if I fall in the shower on Sunday morning before church and I'm getting, and I, then I'm getting dressed and I'm like, gosh, man, I had this new revelation in the shower this morning about how God, how God really is, you know, three in one and, you know, one in three. No, I, I, if I do that, I'm going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, you we're know? not at liberty to go beyond it, right? That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we talk about in our tradition, we talk about um, like uh, like is is the teaching of X, Y, and Z, you know, is it within the bounds of the confessions? You know, the confessions are kind of like boundary markers. Um, I think it was Michael Horton who described the the creeds and confessions like uh, like a fence on the outside of a huge like pa- like a field of pasture and within that within the like on the one hand you can think oh man you're you're boxing people in you're boxing the pastures in you know you're you're putting boundary markers in you know and fences on the other hand it's like no you you're free to roam that field and graze as a you know like an animal would like in that field you're free to roam that entire space but here's the but, perimeter but we have a perimeter right when we can't go beyond that perimeter you know so um, yeah, so I would say that that's one benefit is, you know, like for the church, for people to be assured that the minister of this church, like actually has a system of theology and actually has some boundary markers. And, that, and then I would say like, you know, some practical things for the average Christian is, um, you know, they, they, again, to go back to what we said earlier, like these help us give a summary of the basic, you know, theological beliefs that the Bible gives to us. Um, they're helpful to us to talk to, with unbelievers, like to have basic ideas like hidden in our hearts. If we memorize, say, the three creeds or like the two creeds, the Athanasian creed kind of hard to memorize, probably, but <laughs> um yeah, you know, if we have the apostles and Nicene Creed memorized, um, you know, like say a catechism, like some catechism questions, or maybe some like really important articles and articles of religion or like our confession of faith. Yeah, they they give us as average Christians. Um, something to say to people, you know, something to explain to them and say, you know, someone asks a hard question, you know, Hey, what does your church believe about hell is hell real? Mm. You know um, I was just at a, at a funeral at uh, you know, uh, of a friend and um, you know, it was sort of a family, a family kind of thing. And they just said, you know, Oh, this is great because you know, you know, he's, we're going to put his body in the ground and, you know, his suffering's done, you know, he, he's done, you know, it's, there's no more suffering and, you know, it's, there's, there's no, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing beyond, he lived a good life and he's done. You know, what do you think about that? Well, let's, you know, let's think about what some of the some of the things that my church's confession teach or the catechism or the, or the creeds, even, um, you know, Athanasian Creed talks about, you know, judgment and, and eternal life. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is something beyond the grave, Um Yeah. And then I would say, you know, like a third benefit, you know, and a very practical one for, for parents especially is you have something to tell your kids.
0: (laughs) There it is. And it's simple, right? It's there, particularly in the Apostles' Creed.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. You got something to say to your kids, you know? Um, I know like in the Anglican church, there's the, there's the, there's the old catechism in the Book of Common Prayer. Um, Very, very basic catechism. You know, we have, you know, we have a hybrid catechism, which is, you know, huge, but, um, not as long as the is the Westminster larger catechism though. So um oh, there's there's my dig at the Presby's for the day. <laughs> the, the thing is so so unwieldy. <laughs> but we have the Heidelberg Catechism. Sometimes the questions are longer than the answers. Yeah, it gets it gets it gets kind of tedious too, but um, but you know, we try to teach our kids from say the Heidelberg Catechism and uh, you know, some of the basic questions, you know, and I would encourage Anglicans the same, you know. Uh and I would encourage people to pick up the old, you know, the old catechism from the prayer book. Uh, very, very simple, very basic, um, you know. And you can help your kids memorize it. It's very simple, very, very short, and just talk. It's a way to talk about stuff, you know. We on the way to school, drive with our kids to school before drop off. We do catechism. You know, um, that's just what we do. We we read the questions together. We talk about it a little bit, you know, and they drop them off at school. So, um. Yeah, those are those to me are like kind of the three basic ones It's kind of a churchly, you know, teaching mm-hmm. function and they have, a, you know, like an evangelistic outreach function. They also have a teaching your kids kind of within the church function.
0: Yeah, uh, Mark Steele, who works as our communications director and uh, the chief editor of this podcast, he he does that with his children, and his four-year-old is able to recite the Apostles' Creed, and I think that's just such a great gift that parents, yep. parents can have to catechize their children, to teach their children. But it's not just to, for the children; it's for us too. This is what we believe. This is our faith. This is this is this is. I love that the perimeter of yep. what you're saying there that. Um, that uh, the creeds provide for us. One last question, then, Danny, to close out, I'm going to recite the Apostles' Creed uh, for those who are listening. Um, So, Danny, um, uh, (coughs) the services are getting long. Um, People are concerned that they don't want to keep their people in church for too long. They're thinking, what can they trim back? And they say, oh, we can, we can do without the Nicene Creed. We can do without yeah. the Creed, right? Because <laughs> uh, it t- it's just, particularly if it's the Athanasius, right? It takes forever. Oh, man. So we just, we just let, let's just drop the Creed. What say, <laughs> you, what say you about that? Yeah, and, and listeners to living through the word don't don't get to see this. But Danny and I get to see each other while we're talking, So I'm watching his facial expression while I'm asking this question.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, so usually, like in our tradition, it's always like, hey, we got a baptism Sunday coming yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, Easter. You know, pastor, it's, you know, uh, isn't it Christmas? Yeah. We have Sunday yeah. Christmas is yeah. on Sunday this year. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, and for us, it's usually, Hey, pastor, how long is the sermon going to be this year? Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like paired down the sermon, bro. You um, get home to the Turkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Uh, yeah. So should we not have a creed in church? Well, ah, <sighs> oh, gosh, man, how would I answer that? I would say to somebody, look, um, does God, does God command us, you know, did did God tell Moses, make sure you guys recite the Nicene Creed, you know, when you go into Canaan, you know, did Jesus tell the apostles, make sure that the the apostles creed is recited every, every time? No. But kind of going off what I just said, um, if we got rid of reciting, let's just say the apostles creed. um, On the one hand, you, you know, you'd save two minutes, you know, it's not a lot, it's not a lot of time. Um, but what you're, what you're doing is I would say, number one, like going back to the kid thing, it gives your kids in the service. And I'm assuming that most people have their kids, you know, at least in part of the service. Um, it gives your kids like a way to participate. And by taking out, say the apostles creed, you know, which is the simplest creed. It's just like one less thing them to do, you know, if you want to put it that way. Um so you know it takes away from their you know they're learning the faith hearing the faith us teaching them the faith you know takes that aspect of it um you know if we get rid of the apostles creed you know let's say there's some unbelievers you know in attendance that sunday let's say it is like an easter sunday you know or it's you know like advent season and you know um who was it last time you said you know aunt jane's in town we got to get the baby done right
0: or someone like that yeah and well there you go happy Right.
1: Pastor Ann Val was in town last night for the baptism. We got the baby done. Now she's in town and we got to make sure we don't do creeds because it's really (laughs) offensive, you know? Um, But what a way to like tell people, and this is what we say, you know, this is what I always, I always, I always transition from whatever, I think it's a, we sing a song before the creed. Um, And it's always something like, you know, at this time we, you know, when we, when we confess our faith, we're not just, you know, professing it to God as an act of worship. And we're not just encouraging one another, kind of like Paul says, you know, we sing to each other in Psalms and hymns, you know, to encourage, build up. But we're also, we're also saying to, you know, anyone who's here today, this is what we believe so that you can leave. And, you know, the pastor might have droned on for, for 30, 40, whatever minutes, you know, are the songs could have been long or whatever, but at least for, for like, I don't know. What is it? Two minutes to recite it. it even if that, it, you got, we told people who p- perhaps are falling away from their faith, who are inquiring unbelievers, whatever. We told them in a quick quote unquote soundbite, what we believe. This is what we're about, right? I mean, whether or not the pastor, whatever clothes he's wearing, whatever instruments we have, you know, what, what, whatever, you know, you know, whatever else is going on. This is what we believe. This is the heart of our faith. Uh, and then I would, you know, go back to the thing about, you know, pastors and whatever, you know, do, do you really want like your pastor to get up there and preach every Sunday? You know, thankfully, you know, hopefully he preached from the word. and There'd be no drama. But, uh, you know, having the creeds recited, is just another way of like saying, you know, this is the faith that not just that we believe, but this is the faith that we're going to hear. You know, this is the faith that we're all bound together and that our minister is going to bring us today, you know, from whatever passage he's preaching on. And so I would say getting rid of creeds in the liturgy, you know, w- again, would, it would put too much emphasis, in my opinion, on the minister, on his teaching. You know, well, what's Pastor Julian going to say? You now, what's yeah. Bishop Julian going to say you today? Know. You know, oh, man, uh, Bishop Julian, I love hearing him preach. You know, he always brings something new and fresh every time, you know. You know, oh, that, that, you know, that Pastor Danny, you know, like I can really give a good sermon, you know. Well, okay, great and fine. You know, I'm glad that you think that. Uh, praise God. But, you know, I, I want to teach. The faith that's been taught, you know, for generations. Mm. I don't. I don't want people to come and walk away thinking like how impressed they were by something I said. I want them to go away thinking like I was refreshed in the faith today. You know, and yeah, maybe I picked up something and I can go share it with somebody. But yeah, I guess that's. How, I mean, it's a long-winded thing, but I would just kind of focus on those things again and just really hammer it. I mean, you know, get around the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed. Like, what are you saving? Like a mi- couple minutes. I mean, come on, that's a- come on. <laughs>
0: Danny, so grateful for you. Thanks for opening this up, helping us to think about the creeds, what they were, what they are, how we should use them, the benefit of them, the gift of them, um, and that's just fantastic. We love you. We're proud of you. Hey, um, before we go, yep. um, you're the you're the almost doctor. When you come next time, by the grace yeah. of God, you might be the doctor, right? Well, so just tell everybody about that. I hope I
1: pass, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'll be defending my dissertation in uh, Amsterdam at the free university of Amsterdam, uh, October 26. So, uh, anybody out there, you know, if this, if this gets broadcast before, uh, maybe it won't, but if it does, um, and you want to find the details of that, um, uh, just find me on social media, like Facebook or Twitter, um, you know, or just find me online and message me. Uh, there's a live stream if you want to, if you want to watch what a Dutch defense is like, it's in English, but, uh. Uh we'll, yeah, you we'll can watch put
0: a link in the pod, podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, 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 I'll send it to yeah. you.
1: And uh yeah, people can watch that and kind of learn like how it goes. And but hopefully next time, yeah. Hopefully next time, you know, uh, you know, I guess I guess technically speaking, you could you could call me doctor, but uh it's not a big deal to me. <laughs> okay, doctor. It's cool, but it's not a big yeah, oh thanks, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so grateful for you. Let me rehearse with you the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. I'm Julian Dobbs. This has been Living Through the Word, and I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace.